0: Book Nine, Chapter Eleven of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Chapter Eleven The Workings of Sorrow the visit of the west winds to sir hugh shewed lavinia in so favourable a light that nothing less than the strong prepossession already conceived for camilla could have guarded the heart of the son or the wishes of the father from the complete captivation of her modest beauty her interesting worth and the cheerful alacrity and virtuous self-denial with which she presided in the new economy of the rectory but though the utter demolition of hope played with henry its usual part of demolishing also half the fervour of admiration he still felt in consequence of his late failure a distaste of any similar attempt and mr westwyn unbridled by the high praise of his son which had won him in camilla left him master of his choice each however found a delight in the tyrold society that seconded the wishes of the baronet to make them lengthen their visit. The retrenchments by which the debts of Clermont were to be paid could no longer nevertheless be deferred, and Mr. Tyrold was just setting out for Cleves to give his counsel for their arrangement, when his daughters were broken in upon by Mrs. Mittin. Camilla could scarcely look at her for displeasure at her conduct, but soon observed she seemed herself full of resentment and ill-humour she desired a private interview and camilla then found that mrs arlbery had not only represented her fault and frightened her with its consequences but occasioned though most undesignedly new disturbances and new dangers to herself for mrs mittin at length learnt in this conference with equal certainty surprise and provocation that the inheritance of Sir Hugh was positively and entirely settled upon his youngest niece, and that the denials of all expectation on the part of Camilla, which she had always taken for closeness, conveyed but the simple truth. Alarmed lest she should incur the anger of Mr. Clykes, who was amongst her most useful friends, she had written him word of the discovery, with her concern at the mistake and mr clikes judging now he had no chance of the gratuity finally promised for honour and secrecy and even that his principal was in danger had sent an enraged answer with an imperious declaration that he must either immediately be repaid all he had laid out or receive some security for its being refunded of higher value than the note of a miner of no fortune nor expectations mrs mittin protested she did not know which way to turn she was so sorry to have disobliged so good a friend and broke forth into a vehement invective against mr dubster for pretending he knew the truth from young squire tyrold himself long as was her lamentation and satisfied as she always felt to hear her own voice her pause still came too soon for any reply from camilla who now felt the discovery of her situation to be inevitable Compulsatory and disgraceful. Self-upbraidings that she had ever listened to such an expedient assailed her with the cruellest poignancy, mingling almost self-detestation with utter despair. In vain Mrs. Mitton pressed for some satisfaction. She was mute from inability to devise any, till the coachman of Mr. Lisson sent word he could wait no longer. She then in a broken voice said, "'Be so good as to write to mr clykes that if he will have the patience to wait a few days i will prepare my friends to settle my accounts with him mrs Mittin then recovering from her own fright in this business answered oh if that's the case my dear young lady pray don't be uneasy for it grieves me to vex you and i'll promise you i'll coax my good friend to wait such a matter as that for he's a vast regard for me he'll do anything i ask him i know She now went away, and Lavinia, who ran to her sister, found her in a state of distress that melted her gentle heart to behold, but when she gathered what had passed, "'This disclosure, my dearest Camilla,' she cried, "'can never be so tremendous as the incessant fear of its discovery. Think of that, I conjure you, and endeavour to bear the one great shock that will lead to after peace and ease.' "'No, my dear sister,' Peace and ease are no more for me. My happiness was already buried, and now all that remained of consolation will be cut off also, in the lost good opinion of my father and mother, that destroyed, and Edgar gone. What is life to me? I barely exist. And is it possible you can even a moment doubt their forgiveness, dear as you are to them, cherished? beloved no not their forgiveness but their esteem their confidence their pleasure in their daughter will all end think lavinia of my mother when she finds i too have contributed to the distress and disturbance of my father that on my account too his small income is again straitened his few gratifications are diminished Oh, lavinia how has she strove to guard her poor tottering girl from evil and how has her fondness been always the pride of my life what a conclusion is this to her cares what a reward to all the goodness of my father in this state of desperate wretchedness she was still incapable to make the avowal which was now become indispensable and which must require another loan from the store her father held so sacred. Lavinia had even less courage, and they determined to apply to Eugenia, who, though as softly feeling as either, mingled in her character a sort of heroic philosophy that enabled her to execute and to endure the hardest tasks where she thought them the demand of virtue. They resolved therefore the next morning to send a note to Cleves for the carriage, and to commit the affair to this inexperienced and youthful female sage. Far from running as she was wont to meet her father upon his entrance, Camilla was twice sent for before she could gain strength to appear in his presence, nor could his utmost kindness enable her to look up. The heart of Mr. Tyrold was penetrated by her avoidance, and yet more sunk by her sight his best hopes were all defeated of affording her parental comfort and he was still to seek for her revival or support he related what had passed at cleves with the accustomed openness with which he conversed with his children and his friends clermont he said was arrived and had authenticised all the accounts with so little of either shame or sense that a character less determined upon indulgence than that of sir hugh must have revolted from affording him succour if merely to mortify him into repentance the manner of making payment however had been the difficult discussion of the whole day sir hugh was unequal to performing anything though ready to consent to everything when he proposed the sale of several of his numerous horses he objected that what remained would be hard-worked when he mentioned diminishing his table he was afraid the poor would take it ill as they were used to have his orts and when he talked of discharging some of his servants he was sure they would think it very unkind his heart continued mr tyrold is so bountiful and so full of kindness that he pleads his tender feelings and regretting wishes against the sound reason of hard necessity What is right, however, must only in itself seek what is pleasant, and there, when it ceases to look more abroad, it is sure to find it. He stopped, hearing a deep sigh from Camilla, who secretly ejaculated a prayer that this sentence might live henceforward in her memory. He divined the wish which devoutly he echoed, and continued, There is so little in fine that he could bear to relinquish, that with my utmost efforts I could not calculate any retrenchment to which he will agree at more than a hundred a year. Yet his scruples concerning his vow resist all the entreaties of our disinterested Eugenia to either sell out for the sum or cut down any trees in Yorkshire. These difficulties too potent for his weak frame, were again sinking him into that despondence which we should all sedulously guard against as the most prevailing of foes to active virtue when to relieve him i made a proposal which my dear girls will both i trust find peculiar pleasure in seconding camilla had already attempted to raise her drooping head conscience struck at what was said of despondence and now endeavoured to join in the cheerful confidence expressed by lavinia that he could not be mistaken. The little hoard into which already we have broken for Lionel, he went on, I have offered to lend him for present payment as far as it will go, and to receive it again at stated periods. In the meanwhile I shall accept from him the same interest as from the bank. For this I am to have also security. I run no risk of the little all I have to leave to my two girls." He now looked at them both, expecting to see pleasure even in Camilla, that what was destined hereafter for herself could prove of the smallest utility to Sir Hugh. But his disappointment and her shock were equal. Too true for the most transitory disguise, the keenest anguish shot from her eye, and Mr. Tyrold, amazed, said, Is it Camilla who would draw back from any service to her uncle? Ah, no! cried she with clasped hands i would die to do him any good and oh that my death at this moment she stopped affrighted for mr tyrold frowned a frown upon a face so constantly benign was new was awful to her but she instantly recollected his condemnation of wishes so desperate and fearfully taking his hand besought his forgiveness his brow instantly resumed its serenity I have nothing, said he, my dearest child, to forgive from the moment you recollect yourself. But try for your own sake to keep in mind that the current sorrows, however acute of current life, are but uselessly aggravated by vain wishes for death. The smallest kind of his better proves affection than any words, however elevated. The conference here broke up. Something incomprehensible seemed to Mr. Tyrrell, to be blended with the grief of camilla and though from her birth she had manifested by every opportunity the most liberal disregard of wealth the something not to be understood seemed always to have money for its object what this might be he now fervently wished to explore yet still hoped by patient kindness to receive her confidence voluntarily camilla now was half dead lavinia could with difficulty sustain but by no possible means revive her what a period was this to disclose to her father that she must deprive him in part even of his promised solace in his intended assistance to his brother to satisfy debts of which he suspected not the existence when forced downstairs by a summons to supper mr tyrold to console her for his momentary displeasure redoubled his caresses But his tenderness only made her weep yet more bitterly, and he looked at her with a heart rent with anguish. For Lavinia, for Eugenia, he would have felt similar grief, but their far less gay, though equally innocent natures, would have made the view of their affliction less strikingly oppressive. Camilla had hitherto seemed in the spring of joy, yet more than of life. Anxiety flew at her approach, and animation took its place nothing could shake his resignation yet to behold her constant sadness severely tried his fortitude to see tears trickling incessantly down the pale cheeks so lately blooming to see her youthful countenance wear the haggard expression of care to see life in its wish and purposes seem at an end ere in its ordinary calculation it was reckoned to have begun drew him from every other consideration and filled his whole mind with monopolizing apprehension. He now himself pressed her for change of scene, to accept an invitation she had received from Mrs. Burlington to Grosvenor Square, whither Indiana was going in a few days, to spend a fortnight or three weeks before her marriage. But she declined the excursion as not more unseasonable in its expense than ungenial to her feelings the following morning while they were at their melancholy breakfast a letter arrived from lisbon which mr tyrold read with visible disturbance exclaiming from time to time lionel thou art indeed punished the sisters were equally alarmed but lavinia alone could make any inquiry mr tyrold then informed them their uncle relvil had just acknowledged to their mother that he could no longer in justice conceal that previously to his quitting england he had privately married his housekeeper to induce her to accompany him in his voyage and that during his first wrath upon the detection of lionel he had disinherited him in favour of a little boy of her own by a former marriage whom they had brought with them to lisbon mr tyrold though it had been his constant study to bring up his children without any reference to their rich uncles, had never internally doubted but that the bachelor brother of Mrs. Tyrold would leave his fortune to the son of his only sister, who was his sole near relation. And Lionel, he knew in defiance of his admonitions, had built upon it himself rather as a certainty than a hope. He will now see, said Mr. Tyrold, his presumption and feel by what he suffers, what he has earned. Yet, culpable as he has been, he is now also unfortunate, and where crimes are followed by punishment, it is not for mortal man to harbour unabating resentment. I will write a few lines of comfort to him. Camilla in this concession experienced all she could feel of satisfaction, but the short sensation died away at the last words of the letter of her mother, which Mr. Tyrold read aloud. You, I well know, will immediately in this evil find for yourself and impart to our children something of instruction, if not of comfort. Shall I recollect this without emulation? No, I will bear up from this stroke, which at least permits my return to Etherington, where, in the bosom of my dear family, and supported by its honoured chief, I will forget my voyage, my painful absence, and my disappointment in exertions of practical economy, strict but not rigid, which our good children will vie with each other to adopt, sedulous all around to shew in what we can most forbear. I hope almost immediately to claim my share in these labors, which such motives will make light and such companions render precious. In agony past repression at these words Camilla glided out of the room. The return of her mother was now horror to her, not joy. Her shattered nerves could not bear the interview, while under a cloud threatening to burst in such a storm, and she entreated Lavinia to tell her father that she accepted his proposal for going to Mrs. Berlinton's. "'And there,' she cried, "'Lavinia, I will wait till Eugenia has told the dreadful history that thus humbles me to the dust.' lavinia was too timid to oppose reason to this suffering and mr tyrold already cruelly apprehensive the obscurity of their recluse lives contributed to her depression and believing she compared her present privations to the lost elegancies of beech park sighed heavily yet said he was glad she would remove from a spot in which reminiscence was so painful This was not, indeed, he added, the period he should have selected for her visiting the capital, or residing at Mrs. Burlington's, but she was too much touched by the state of her family not to be guarded in her expenses, and the pressure of her ever-augmenting sadness was heavier upon his mind than any other alarm. The conscience struck Camilla could make no profession, no promise, nor yet, though ardently wishing it refuses offered advance of her next quarter's allowance lest she should be reduced again to the necessity of borrowing this step once decided brought with it something like a gloomy composure i shall avoid she cried at least with my mother these killing caresses of deluded kindness that break my heart with my father she too would soon discover there was something darker in my sadness than even grief she would be sure that even my exquisite loss could not render me ungrateful to all condolment she would know that a daughter whom she had herself reared and instructed would blush so unceasingly to publish any personal disappointment let her feel it how she might oh my loved mother how did the delight of knowing your kind expectations keep me while under your guidance in the way i ought to go o mother of my heart what a grievous disappointment awaits your sad return to find at the first opening of your virtuous schemes of general saving that i as well as lionel have involved my family in debts that i as well as clermont have committed them clandestinely to a usurer. Lavinia undertook to give Eugenia proper instructions for her commission, but news arrived the next day that Sir Hugh would take no denial to Eugenia's being herself of the party. This added not, however, to the courage of Camilla for staying, and her next determination was to reveal the whole by letter. Mr. Tyrold would not send her to Cleves to take leave that her uncle might not be tempted to exercise his wonted but now no longer convenient generosity nor yet be exposed to the pain of withholding it you will go now my dear girl he said in your pristine simplicity and what can so every way become you it is not for a scheme of pleasure but for a stimulus to mental exertion i part with you when you return your excellent mother will aid your task and reward its labor remember but while in your own hands that open economy springing from discretion is always respected it is false shame alone that begets ridicule weeping and silent she heard him and his fears gained ground that her disappointment joined to a view of gayer life had robbed etherington of all charms to her Bitterly he regretted he had ever suffered her to leave his roof, though he would not now force her stay. Compulsion could only detain her person, and might heighten the disgust of her mind. The little time which remained was given folly to packing and preparing, and continued employment hid from Mr. Tyrold her emotion, which increased every moment till the carriage of Sir Hugh stopped at the gate. Lost then to all sensation but the horror of the avowal that must intervene ere they met again, with incertitude if again he would see her with the same kindness, she flew into his arms, rather agonized than affectionate, kissed his hands with fervor, kissed every separate finger, rested upon his shoulder, hid her face in his bosom, caught and pressed to her lips even the flaps of his coat and scarce restrained herself from bending to kiss his feet, yet without uttering a word, without even shedding a tear. Strangely surprised and deeply affected, Mr. Tyrold straining her to his breast, said, Why, my dear child, why, my dearest Camilla, if thus agitated by our parting, do you leave me? This question brought her to recollection by the impossibility she found to answer it she tore herself therefore away from him embraced lavinia and hurried into the coach End of chapter eleven read by large rolander